PSA, we're live. Don't say anything you don't want the world to know. It goes over here? Oh, that's what the light looks up to? Oh, oh I got it. You got one? This 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 is good. Uh, it goes in the middle, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, we've got Nothing. power in that. We have power in that. Thing. Did you want to make sure it's uh, plugged in? Try plugging in that one. Maybe this since this outlet might not have any power. Try the one. Oh, he's oh, he's wrapping it up. Want to bring that extension back? <laughs> okay. Better bring it back. This one isn't, it isn't working. What time is it? It's live. bright should we make it? You can let... Not too bright, but just a little warmer. There. That's perfect. What do you think? Maybe too much. Too much? That looks natural. Perfect. Do it, but I mean, you go live all the time on yours. Maybe there's, maybe you can't do it from like a page. You can. to our live feed this morning from River of the Valley. So happy that you can all be joining us as we are here back in the sanctuary for the whole 
the whole time we're together. Last week we got to have the music from here, but now we're also going to have the, the teaching and the beginning and the prayers all from here. So be excited. I mean, these are steps towards everything returning and opening. Um, we got actually a report from our committee this past week about how we're going to take steps in that direction. We'll send that out to you. But for today, let's just be, let's be stoked. Let's be excited. We're back in here uh, broadcasting. We're going to begin today with Psalm 145. And it says this. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise your name and extol your name forever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another, and they tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell the power of your awesomeness and your awesome works that I will proclaim. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. That's the word of the Lord. This is from Psalm 145. And let's begin this morning by praying together that uh, even in this way, this virtual way, that we can be connected through the Holy Spirit, extolling the Lord and giving Him praise. God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the communion of your Holy Spirit now with us. We do lift up your name. We give you thanks for the many blessings that we do have and that you have provided to us. Perhaps, Lord, in times of trial and tribulation, we, we neglect to still turn to you in thanksgiving, but right now, Lord, we do just that. Your church, your people, in this moment, we turn back thanksgiving. For each and every day, you have supplied for us. You have given us what we need. And even now, as, as we wrestle with many issues, you are the God who gives us the way forward, who sustains us, even when there is such distress. Lord, we're thankful for those who are dear to us. We're thankful for family. We're thankful for our homes. Lord, we're thankful for this country and the way that we can be together and that we can rock together. We can join together in, in expecting more out of everybody. Lord, I give you thanks for, for this world that you created, for friends that we have in other countries, for family that we have in other countries. And Lord, how great is the splendor of this universe. Lord, if we take a step back and see how small we are, and yet you care for us. God, our Lord, you are good. And we proclaim your praise as your church. Amen. As we're gathered back here in the sanctuary, I've been thinking a lot about um, what's happening in our country and about the, the unrest and no matter where you fall on all these issues, uh, no matter where you stand, and no matter where you're posting on Facebook or Instagram, or no matter what you're sharing or what you're saying in your heart or to other people, um, 
there is a point in which we all intersect as the church, and that's on the cross. That's at the communion table that surrounds Jesus Christ himself. And so as I was considering where we are right now as a church, even as we are trained to define and relaunch who we are, um, the simple truth is that we, we are here because Jesus has called us to come. And we're going to focus on that passage today. It's Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28. So you can either turn to your Bible or turn your Bible on, or just Google Matthew 28. It'll pop right on. Matthew is one of those books in the Bible. It's called the, the Gospel. It talks about the life of Jesus from start until he is uh, ascending back up to the Father. And here in chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus gives us a promise, but also we'll see there's some responsibility built into this. This is what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. We give thanks that we have it, that we can read it together, that we can ground our lives right here. There has been plenty to be discouraged about in 2020. And it only seems to become more and more difficult with each, with, with each week that comes. And it has tossed us into places where we're either, either we are reacting or we're surviving. We're trying to figure out our responses and next steps. You might have seen um, Deontay created a graphic that I, I, I would only assume that he also did some research into the grief cycle and, and gave you some helpful handholds on how you might you yourself might be processing all that's happening in, in the world and in our country right now. And a lot of a lot of the work that humans have when, when something hits us that we weren't expecting and even that's tragic or that's unsettling like the unrest in our culture, uh, it does produce this grief, it produces a sense of stress, and we need to we need to pass through a process within each one of us and how we are um, internalizing it, how we're surviving and coping, but then how we start moving towards healthy reactions and healthy ways to um, to get into how we're going to be serving this world and, and becoming challenged to do better. As we have been through this hardship, it has, for me at least, felt like a yoke has suddenly been put upon me, a burden has been put upon me, and how, how to react well and then how to move forward and do the work necessary as you name it as a family as a church as a society so that we can be moving forward and progressing where things like injustice are are changed in the future where things like we've seen where um, either if it's a black lives matter issue or if it's um, an issue in other parts of the world where there's such great hunger um, or if it's an issue of keeping our families safe, whatever the issue is, like we, we want to move towards a place where the world is better now than when we started. And that's for ourselves and also for our children, also for the sense of justice and what's right. And I'm in here in the sanctuary, and this light is like, I feel like I'm in Hollywood. There's like eight people here looking at me. Is this weird for you to be here watching me preach to a camera? Anyways, there's all this injustice in the world. This felt a little bit like a burden um, coming down and like a yoke, a literal. So you know what a yoke is? It's the, uh, there are these wooden, in Jesus' time, there would be this, this wooden um, bracket, a brace, that you would place over an animal, a beast of burden like, uh, like cattle. And what you would do is um, they would be harnessed with this wooden device and then they would be able to pull things like a plow so that you could till your fields. 
Jesus right now sees all of us, sees us as humans, as if we have this yoke upon us. And I feel it. I'm not sure where you're at, but I feel it. I feel like there is work to be done. Um, I also feel like um, there's a lot that's been put behind me that I'm all of a sudden being asked to pull. Uh, it could be trying to keep my life together in the middle of a pandemic, trying to keep moving forward as a father and a husband, homeschooling, working, keeping sanity in our home, um, not being able to see people, so keeping my social sanity. Like there's just been a lot of extra stress placed behind me that I'm trying to pull. And then with all the, um, the social unrest in the past week, more and more gets placed upon us. And Jesus looks at you today and he sees the yoke on you. And what does he say? Imagine that you're right here pulling with this yoke, and you can see Jesus next to you, and he says, I see you. He's actually addressing people. He says, I see you who are toiling and who are burdened. He's addressing the people who are toiling and are burdened. This word in the Greek for the toiling or, or the weary is that you're doing a work that will exhaust you. You are being concerned about things that if you let them go 24-7 in your head and in your mind, they will, they will burn you out. And you're being burdened, Jesus says. It, more burden is coming. He's addressing you. He's saying, you that are close to burnout, you that are even having more stuff piled on top of you right now, he says, come to me. Take my yoke, Jesus says. Yokes would uh, have two holes. They'd have one hole for one animal and another hole for a second, and they would pull together. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he is not some taskmaster pointing to the side saying, I have a, a different job for you. He's actually, he's inviting you to share the same yoke. This has been God's way of dealing with us since forever. In Exodus, when Moses is trying to understand that God wants him to go and, and free people from slavery, and this take up this call for, for social justice for his people, when Moses pushes back and says, this seems like a burden that I cannot carry, what does God respond to Moses? In the 33rd chapter, in verse 14, he says, and God said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. That promise of rest is the same promise we find in Jesus' words today. Here in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. All of you who are doing things that will exhaust you. And you're getting more power on you. And I will give you rest. Now, you might be thinking... This is not a time for rest. This is a time to stand up and speak for what's right. This is a time to be figuring out what actions we're going to be taking moving forward. This is a time for justice, to set things right. We can't misunderstand what Jesus is trying to say here. This, when he says, I will give you rest, the exact wording, the exact word is, I'll, I'll give you a pause. It's not some idea of eternal rest in which you're going to now cloister up on some mountain with all your other holy brothers and sisters and sing kumbaya and hope for the best for the rest of the world. This isn't turning a blind eye to social injustice. Rather, Jesus is seeing the yoke that you have taken up. He's seeing that uh, you, have, you have, for many of us, taken on this, this new passion for social justice or for seeing justice in general. Jesus is not saying, don't care about that. He's saying, you need to put that yoke down. And you need to come pick up my yoke. You need to take a pause. Drop what's going to exhaust you. If you're going to be exhausted pulling what you're pulling, then your hopes of world change, your hopes of whatever it is, are not going to happen. Because when you burn out, the cause burns out. Jesus is saying, I have the, I have the plan. 
I have what we need to move forward. And here's the good thing. When Jesus asks us to come and take on his yoke, he says that he is gentle and he is humble. He is meek and he is low. This idea of meek is the idea of someone who has a lot of power and yet will use it in such a way that, that will not overburden or not overpower people. He's light with the use of his power. When Jesus asks you to take on his yoke, it's not to do something with less power. It's not to do something with less potential for change in the world. It's the opposite. When Jesus calls us to take on his yoke, he is calling us to take on something with more power, with more potential to change the world, more potential to set things right, more potential for justice. And when he says that his heart is humble, that it is low, he's saying that he understands he has been here. He knows the injustice. He tasted the injustice. He humbled himself to the point of knowing and experiencing and living the brokenness. When we are asked by Jesus to take off the yoke that we would create for ourselves, the way that we would do it ourselves, and to instead put on his way, we can do so with great joy, and we do find peace. Joy and peace because we know that one, as we take off that yoke, as we are given that pause, we have the confidence that in that pause, we are actually doing something greater for our cause, for whatever we are championing, championing, because we're putting on the yoke of the one who is most powerful and understands. We can have joy and peace because we're putting on the yoke of the one who, who authored all things. And who has promised that he is making all things new, that he is bringing creation forward, that he's bringing humanity forward into a place where justice covers the earth. I will give you rest, Jesus says. When, when he promises your rest, we, we joyfully receive it. We, we graciously reach out for that peace. Because as you see in the end here, Ultimately, this, this, this rest, this wholeness is for our souls. It can seem counterintuitive that you can be at peace and rest while also working for things like the cause of social justice. But that's exactly what Jesus is promising. These are not my words. Jesus is saying, if you take on his yoke, and that's going to be a full measure of working for the good of this world, as you do that, it will feel like What's Jesus saying? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. How can Jesus say it's easy? If you've read any of the New Testament, you will see people that are killed for putting on that yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, if you don't know, Pastor Christie is like Amazonian. She, she works out and does stuff that I can't do. She, uh, she started into a six-week class uh, online, and it turns out the guy who is leading this class online is one of the, one of the leading trainers for NBA players. She's like, she's like in the garage doing these workouts that are designed for NBA players. I, I remember about a month ago, I was like, I can do it. So I went out there with her. I lasted about 15 minutes. And then I was like, you know what, Christy? I'm just going to go for a run. Now, when going for a run is like the easy way out, <laughs> you know how crazy these workouts are. About that time, she was doing, they build up as they go. She was at, I think, 50 reps per cycle. Like 50, um, 50 of these uh you know, they call them burpees, but then she was, also, she was also using sliders. I'm not sure if you have any idea of the language I'm using, but it's crazy. And she was doing 50 reps. At, that's when I was trying to do it. I couldn't keep up. This past week, they finished their course, and I was in there pretending to be doing some lifting. And she, they were now doing 100 reps. It was insane. It was insane. And she's getting done, and she looks, she looks like she's been beat up. And I'm like, why are you doing this? 
And do you know what her answer was? Because it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. Things are not always the same in how they feel physically and how they feel within us. When Jesus calls us to take on his yoke, and I'll tell you what that means in a moment. When Jesus tells us to take on his yoke, it will probably lead to a certain amount of more suffering in our life, which I think you understand that's what we're seeing. The only way to a certain change in the world and social justice is, is by people taking a stand and using their lives in some sacrificial ways to see the goodness and the rightness, the righteousness come out. What Jesus is promising is that even though it might appear to other people, and even though it might feel like work to you, in your soul, in that part in which you feel your life, in which you understand your life, in which you have peace in your life, that is what's going to be having that sensation of it being easy, of it being a light burden. Because you're going to be serving God. You're going to have that peace in your heart that you are doing what God requires. Now, what does it mean to put on the yoke? When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, doesn't that sound kind of abstract? Well, he makes it concrete in the very next breath. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's why we've spent the past three months in Matthew 5. That's why you might have heard it as something important to Christian faith to read your Bible. That's why it's important to listen to sermons, to be in church. That's why it's important to be in communities where Bible study and where mutual formation happen. Because that's when you are learning what Jesus said and putting it into practice. When you take his yoke, when you dedicate yourself to begin learning what Jesus taught, that's when all of these promises come about. I am gentle and humble. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you haven't seen it, we just launched our new website. Go and check it out. And I want you to go to the part that says uh, our story. And on there, you're going to be able to see what we are, as our church, are trying to lead people into as river of the valley. And it all comes straight from this scripture. Come to me who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The first step for people, as we are looking out to our friends, our family, our neighbors, the people we just meet in the store, is my, our heart beats for them in that they are weary. They're doing work in this life that exhausts them. They are burdened. They are being burdened. Just like Jesus, when he saw people, he would see them as sheep that are being harassed and without a shepherd. And that's how we see people. We want them to find that rest for their souls. So the very first step, if you go onto the Our Story page of our website, you'll see, is connect. Very simply, we want to connect people into a community where they can see a community of, of soul rest. And then as they connect either in a worship service or in a Bible study or some sort of an event, then that very next step, connect, then goes to commit. Because Jesus says right here, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We want to extend that gift to anyone that comes into our circle. Extending them the opportunity to commit, to begin learning and practicing with intentionality all that Jesus taught. Jesus says that he is humble, that he is meek, this one of all power we know to be God and Lord. This one who is humble is the one who came to save us from his cross. He is our only Lord, he is our only Savior. And as you begin to learn what Jesus taught and put that into practice, you come to an unavoidable conclusion. Eventually you have to decide, is Jesus saying what he is Jesus truthful in what he says? He calls himself Lord and Savior. And there comes a time in anyone's walk in a church community in which they need to personally rest with that decision. 
connect, commit, confess. We want people to walk down that road that Jesus wants for them to be able to confess him as Lord and Savior. And then doing that, that last step is commissioning. You're baptized. You're thrown into the water. You're rebranded as God's son and daughter. And you come back up commissioned, commissioned, given the mission of Jesus himself to connect more people to the peace that he brings. Connect, commit, confess, and commission. All found right here in Jesus' promise that if you are weary to take on his yoke, to learn from him, to find the one who is humble, who is meek, the one who will give rest for your soul. As we relaunch, as we reopen, as we do all those re-things as a society, but also as a church, the time is now for us, River of the Valley, to be understanding our, our purpose, to cultivate Jesus' followers who live his love and call him Lord and Savior. Because we exist to be an epicenter of reconciliation. That is our mountain. That is our why. That is what we're here to do. And I invite you all to join in. Let's pray. Lord God, I give you thanks that you have in your imagination the idea to create like this communities of, of followers. And Lord, we pray over your church that you would give us the grace to take up your yoke, to put our yoke down and to take up your yoke. Lord, we ask that your spirit would equip us, that your spirit would empower us, your spirit would give us the inspiration to take up your yoke as a community. Lord, help the world see your power through us. Lord, help the world see an example of a city upon a hill as you have created in us this diversity. Lord, I pray that you would give us new avenues to shine, things like a website, or Facebook, things like word of mouth, or sharing. Lord, I pray that you would give us even greater luminosity as a church. You are doing something here, Lord, and we bow before you. We put it before you. We ask that you would take it and you would bless it. In your name, Lord, we pray. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to get now to um, some, some music, some worship music uh, in response to what we've been seeing and hearing today. We're right here in the sanctuary. You can do that, so you're going to see the, uh, the trickling effect of, of musicians behind me as they come up on the stage. I want to invite you to uh, continue engaging in the comments section. If you have something that you want to comment on about um, the message I just gave, if you want to add your own two cents, if you want to push on it, put it right there. Pastor Christy also is online. She might add some stuff there. Wink, wink. Uh, there probably will also see our giving page. So if you want to support what we're doing financially, please uh, check into that. And these guys will these guys will lead us. These guys and gals will lead us in some music as we do that.
me. And you know what? Hey, these guys have been have been bringing it every week ever since we had to uh, stop being here in person. And at home, can you just like, even if you're by yourself, just start just start clapping.